0: Yeah, it was nice to see the Toronto Hockeys win last night.
1: The Toronto Hockeys?
0: Gritty. That was a gritty victory for the Leafs. It was, yeah. It was good. I uh, Can thoroughly you enjoyed that.
1: The Leafs involved?
0: That, that was gritty for the Leafs. Let's put it that way. <laughs> especially with no Matthews and especially Joe Thornton. Man, what a uh-huh. loss.
1: All right, let's go. We are live. Started off as a PG podcast, but then Devin just kept on dropping shits and fucks. And- I'm just trying to
0: figure out what's in her mouth.
2: I just want to see him interview Francesco
0: he's He's a good human being is what he would say about himself, I'm
2: sure. Who's hosting this
1: thing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Take charge, Kevin. What's we'll First time we ever met those guys. That was the the, the major uh, drunken pub argument. I think you guys are the worst. I'm going to have to probably watch some Canucks on unfortunately. Just making, making friends left, right, and center. And probably some enemies as well. And tell him to shut up. He needs to me, hear that every once in a while. Off to a good start. All right.
2: We are live. It's okay to talk when it goes live. Okay, so I, that's going to completely interrupt me. I It's just going like, to be like, oh, we're live, we're ready. And then, and then yeah, when Heidi's going to, that's going to totally throw me off. Okay, welcome to the hockey podcast. Uh, we are live on Facebook.com, YouTube.com, the hockey podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter at podcast underscore hockey. Uh, Of course, as I said, Facebook, YouTube, you can also subscribe for the audio after this is on. We are here because we have um, news to discuss. Wait, let me get this. Hold on. Hold on. It's, it's, It's appropriate to do this as soon as I find it here on my little soundboard. There it is. Breaking news. Yes, we have breaking news to discuss. Uh, we will get to that as we have a significant trade that has went down. Well, first of all, uh, we have a new intro. Kudos to Sean for creating an intro. Devin, how, how do you feel about Sean's intro?
0: I love it. I I think it's honestly, I think it's probably one of the best things he's done for this podcast.
1: (laughs) Uh, trying to find different clips of everyone and to get everyone in there was, was, was a challenge. Uh, Devin's Devin's pretty quotable so he was there was multiple options for him um getting Ke- Ke- Kevin's got some but trying to find ones for Tyler and and uh um and and Heidi specifically were was was tough so we have to work on, on making sure that they're a little more quotable going forwards So
2: I need to be more quotable is that what
1: I'm hearing? No you're fine Kev it's uh, it's, uh, Ty- it's it's Tyler and 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 Heidi there but little, they're they're a little too measured. They they don't they don't have some fun, they don't have as many fun uh, fun quotes. But I still was able to find a, a couple. Fair enough.
0: I uh, uh, go ahead. I think I think that they need to start. Uh, we should light a fire in their asses so they can get their shit together.
2: <laughs> That's quotable. <laughs> That's, a That's a quote. Uh, so we we're gonna we'll we'll. we'll We've got a couple big news things. We'll get into the, the quickly the connects Habs a little bit later, but the of course we have the uh we have a trade to announce. How Gary Bettman was that? Uh we the uh Winnipeg Jets have acquired Pierre-Luc Dubois and a third round pick. The for Patrick Laine and Jack Roslevic. and three players that made it no uh made it no Ifs, ands, or buts that they wanted out there of their organization. Uh, Rossovic did not even show up to camp. Uh, Dubois will, we'll, uh, Torts and Dubois had an incident this week on Thursday that I think uh, was probably the last straw. So maybe let's start. I think we need to take this back and. Uh, to let's start with the. Do we want to start with the shift? I think it's important. I think we need to get some context into here and, and start with the whole sh- the shift. Uh, and no, this was not the Henrik Daniel sedine shift uh, from a, a number of years ago, nor the Jerome Ginla shift from two thousand four. This was a shift that um, was shit. It was basically. Uh, uh, he played three minutes and 55 seconds in the first period. Uh, he did nothing. Torts put his ass on the bench uh, after that. And that was that shift is his last shift with the Columbus Blue Jackets. So I'll open the floor to both of you. You guys can decide. Did you gain respect for Torts and lose respect for Dubois after that point? Or... Did this not surprise you? What was what was your thoughts?
1: It didn't surprise me at all. That's uh, that's Torts' mo. If you're if you're not giving the effort or putting in the work or just showing the intensity that he wants and and expects from his players, then you're going to get benched. And the way Torts has handled this ever since Dubois announced that he wanted a trade, um, hasn't surprised me at all either. He he. He's actually forced the issue more than Dubois has, and I think uh, if I'm Yarmo Kekalainen, I'm I'm not happy because he really Yarmo uh, was definitely trying to pull a uh, a Joe Sakic uh, with the Matt uh, with the Matt Dushane trade, just waited out until someone actually provides a, a really good offer, but he still got a decent trade, but I I still. I still think that uh, there there needs to be some talk with 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 Tortorella in terms of with, with Biyarmo saying like look let's going forward let's try not to like neuter uh the trade value and the negotiating power uh by doing what he's done in in the media uh basically um slamming Pierre-Luc Dubois. Y- uh, Yarmo knew what what
0: was going to happen as soon as the, um as soon as dubois uh, wanted said that he wanted to trade uh i mean torts is being torts I, i'm i'm not surprised at what how he handle it um he doesn't he doesn't care if you're a top line player or not if you're not playing the way you want to play then yeah you're going to get benched and um, i think Good. Good. that is a
2: you're asking the wrong uh, – <laughs> I,
0: I i believe that that's the right white the right thing to do honestly um it doesn't matter. You need to come to play every night, no matter who you are, if you're a fourth liner or if you're a first liner. Um, I, I respect that about Torts. Um, the, the one thing I do want to say about Yarmo is that I they, they had to have had a discussion about this. Um, just the two of them, uh, Torts and Yarmo Yarmou, uh, and I think they probably came to a mutual agreement that, look, if he's not going to be playing for, if he's not going to be coming out and playing, bench him. And I I just think that in order for Torts to go forward um, with the decision that he made by benching him, that they would have to be on the same page. And um, if they're not, then, yeah, man, Torts is uh, packing his bags in my mind, I think, uh, depending on how this year goes. But um, the the way that Dubois has handled himself is disappointing. I think that he could have given a lot more to the Columbus Blue Jackets and – I mean, his legacy there, Um, he had a hell of a uh, playoff last year and he really solidified himself then. But, man, having that as your last shift in Columbus, that's a kick in the nuts, man. Holy.
2: Uh, Let's play a little bit of Torrance, actually. uh, We have him here. And we're going to play a little bit of that press conference that happened a a couple of days ago.
1: Can you, are you coaching and monitoring Pure Luke any different now than you were before? Does this, do you hold him to a different standard after what's transpired? No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm uh, say the, give me the question again. Again, I, I, I told you I don't want to really talk about this, but I'll, I'll yeah. respect you. What was the question? Do you, are you coaching and watching and monitoring Pure Luke Dubois now as you always have, or does, is he held to a different standard after all this transpired? No, this is. I, I've coached Luke uh, like this for uh, for a couple of years, as far as trying to get him to to get some growth in his game and, and growth as a pro. So nothing changes
2: here, and um, there's more spotlight on it. I get that, and I get you guys have to ask me the questions, but I think you're asking the wrong guy. You know, I'm I'm just a coach. Uh, uh, trying to make it work with a hockey club, trying to find a way to win games. The person that you keep talking to me about, you should ask him. That is a very interesting response to the question. I I mean, he basically, I mean, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to translate here. He doesn't think that he, he, as high as we were after the playoffs with Pierre Luc Dubra against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and we talked about. Sean, do you remember we said that this would be a guy that we would put an offer sheet for
1: in yeah. the
2: off season? This is Torts is saying that this guy's not a pro. And
1: yeah, torts- but that's Torts though. Like Torts takes things to, a, to an extreme to make a point. Oh,
2: I think you're muted, Devin.
1: So then do you not agree with them uh then Sean? I think he I think I think Dubois che- meant checked up mentally, but I I, that, I think that it's, this is torts being torts. I think maybe you can say that I'm scarred after his one season in Vancouver, but I think it, for me, this is just torts being torts and you can't just like, you can't just write Dubois off uh, because torts has decided to, that he's a, he's the, he's the, he's the scapegoat for, uh, for what's happened here um, and everything that, and everything that's happened. So, I, I think that it's, there, there's definitely some truth to it. There always is li- a little bit of truth to it. Um, But I do think that it's, it, it's, it's towards covering his ass. It's towards putting on a performance like he always does. It's towards being a hard ass and being someone who uh has a certain way of approaching players. And if you don't, and if, if you don't uh, match up with that, then he's not going to go to run through the en- the ends of the earth for 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 you. Because if you do, he will. That's what Torts is. But if you don't, then he's just going to say, "Get him out of here. I don't want him."
0: So my my other question then would be, what if this happened in Vancouver? Say uh, your your best player, uh, Elias Pettersson. If he did that, would he be? I'm being serious, man. I'm making a comparison. What, 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 what
1: is wrong with like? I, I, as I said, it, 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 there's a lot. There's a lot of truth there, but it, this is still torts being torts, and the fact that we that you're you're trying to downplay that means I'm not trying to downplay that. I'm, try, yeah. I'm trying to give you a different perspective here. If, oh, so you're saying my, my perspective isn't good enough? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm trying to
0: give. I'm trying to just ask questions. That's all I'm doing. Because when you say, okay.
1: "Oh, let's do another perspective," what happens if it's the Canucks? Like that's basically what happens if it's
0: Calgary. What happens if it's Toronto? My that, that 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 like you got you got to have you got to think about the big picture here. Listen, I I'm I'm if that happened in Calgary, I would suspect the fuck out of any coach that did that. It would suck in the time, yes, and I'd be like, "What the hell is happening?" But after cooler heads prevail, understanding that if that player is not going to play for you, bench him. Who gives a fuck? Yeah,
1: but you- Torque started this too with how he handled it at the beginning, basically outing outing Pierre Luc Dubois, saying that he he, I, he didn't he didn't respect the the answers that Pierre Luc Dubois provided as to why he wanted out. He started this. That's that, and I think that's that's getting lost in this in this discussion. Is you go back a week to when this this came out and they had in the interview torts and he literally ripped into him saying, because you want out. I, and I don't like, I I'm not, I don't accept why you told me that he started this. He started the the acceleration of this, not Dubois. And when you have a, when you have a coach or a boss who basically goes out there and tells you that your answer is not good enough. I think you have every right to check mentally check out. Yes. He's a professional and you got to go in and do your job. But at some point there you have to realize that these these people these, these guys are human and they're going to have human re- reactions to this. And I think that yeah yes he could have handled it better for sure. Dubois could have handled this better, but so could have Torts. Torts could have shut the fuck up and and said nothing like he always does and not and not thrown Dubois under the bus for just wanting out. Lots of players want out. And they and they they do they, they, the the uh, the GMs and coaches do not throw them under the bus.
0: I just want to clarify my stance. <laughs> I think there that both parties are have are in the wrong. I don't think either of them are are what are hold on, Jeff. I don't think either of them um, are are right. It's just it's it's a shitty situation. Both both have blames on on them. And it's, it, it, it's, it's a shitty way to end for, for both of them. And I'm sure torts didn't want to end this way either. But you're right, Tortorella is being Tortorella. But Dubois could have done
2: something better as well. I think what threw me off with Dubois too was his last interview where he basically said, I don't control ice time uh, with torts. And I, I, I was like, "Wait, wait, no, actually you do control ice time. Um, you do control how you play and how if, cause if you were playing torts would play you no question. I, um, I guess the question that I will, I am sitting here thinking about is, is if Dubois wanted out, I totally respect that. I, I, I get it. And maybe some of these reasons are personal and it's none of our business. Um, um, but why did he show up? That's that. And I'm not trying to be that in a judgmental, but I'm asking that as a, that would be a question I would ask Pierre-Luc Baugh. Why did you show up in the first place if you wanted out? Would it have been easier and not been the distraction say, you know what, I'm not I'm going to be what Jack Roslevic did. I'm I'm just not going to show up. I know the two situations are not the same, but there have been a lot of players that have said, you know, what, I want out and I'm not coming. So I'm going to stay away, not to be a distraction to the tent.
1: I don't think there's a there's a, a right answer to that though because of how if he doesn't show up that's a distraction because he's not there he signed a two year deal in and from all reports it sounds like there was an understanding that he would get traded and he signed that and then Torts through still and then towards threw him under the bus right so. The, the, for me, the timeline is dubois said, "Look, I, I want out. Like, let's find let's find a way. But I'm going to work with you and find a way to make this, make, make, help help you get make get the best deal possible, and move on. And then, so he signed the deal. He signed a two year deal, which does which makes it easier to, to trade him because it's not a long term deal. It's not a one year deal where they have to negotiate with him after this season." And then you, and then uh, he, and and then he gets thrown under the bus by Torts, and he he's like before he, and then at that point you're if you're Pierre luc Dubois you're like well, now I really want out, I don't want to play under this guy. Does do, do, and then if he was to say hold out and say look I'm not playing until you trade me that's a massive distraction. It's a,
0: that's a massive dis- distraction towards. Upper management, not toward, not towards the team, really. Yeah, um, but they're sure, tor- that, they're sure, to tor- sure it. Sure, towards would get a lot of questions about it for sure. But they, I don't, I don't think it's as big as a distraction as him doing doing it this way. Um, I, I think that if he if he did decide not to play, that I, I don't think that would be would have been good for Pierre Dubois and his trade value. Um, but I mean, everything that's kind of happened in the past, let's say twenty-four to thirty-six hours, has been a little, a little crazy, and maybe has jaded his uh, his trade value a little bit too. But I think overall, um, I think it's uh, one of the it's it's a good enough trade that uh, Jarmo Kekalainen did um, for who we got back in the trade.
2: Fair, okay. Let's let's move on from that to Patrick Linea. Who played one game this year? He got he almost got a Gordie Howe hat trick actually against the Flames. He scored his la- his last goal with the Winnipeg Jets as the overtime winner in the first game of the season against the Calgary Flames. Um, but he left it no. He also made it no secret he wanted out. Um, <laughs> do and he didn't play after that first game for injuries or whatever other reasons he didn't play. Maybe there's more other things going on and we don't know, to be fair. Um what are the Jets like what is our perception of Patrick lining?
1: It's going to be fun to watch him with Torts. Like he's not he's not one that, he's not he's not a player who's going to you, you you think of with high intensity and attention to detail. He's a he's a sniper. He's an offensive player, um, and I could I could see them button heads. Uh, I could see this only lasting one year, and then uh, one of them because I know Torts Torts needs a new deal. Yeah, um, so all all just and as well as Line needs a new deal after this after this year as well. So. Um I do not see a, a situation where both are back for the 21 22 season in Columbus. It's gonna be one or the other. Uh I could be wrong, but I just don't see that as as a as a feasible option just because of how torts acts and the fact that Line is not necessarily the I, he, he's not someone who reacts well because to to that. Um because you look at uh uh, why am I drawing a blank on the Winnipeg Jets coach's name? Paul, Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice. Thank you. Jeez, I could see his face, and I was just like, "What's his name again?" Crap. I hate that. Um, but he's he's a t- he's a tough love coach too. Like he's he's someone who who will go through the wall for your for your team. He's he's not as as gruff and ridiculous as Torts is, but he's a tough love coach, and. Him, him and, and Line a definitely clashed a little bit. So I expect the same from Line a and and Torts. Yeah, I
0: don't see it being a good fit for Line a being down there. He's not a torts, uh he's not torts guy. Torts' guys are blue collar, um, balls out every shift, uh, you know, pucks in deep and bang and crash kind of uh coach, and uh Line a is definitely not like that. Um I, I'm I'd be very curious to see how that relationship flourishes and how that does, um, how how it does go going forward. Um, but I, yeah, first impressions aren't good, but uh, you never know what's going to happen. You, you, I mean, Line could have a fire under his ass and be like, "All right, well, um, whether or not I'm staying here or not, I got to prove to myself and prove to the league that I can play under this guy, and if I do that." Then I can move on to somebody else because I, I personally don't see Line a staying there at all. Um so
2: it's uh is there a scenario? I'm just gonna throw this out there. Is there a scenario where you could see Columbus flipping Line a for something else?
1: I honestly thought that was what was what, what was gonna happen. We were gonna get an actual MBA style trade. Where they they made a th- they would make a three way trade because of the I, I could see someone like in Anaheim being very interested in in Line A someone like um who else was involved uh, uh, I know Calgary Montreal. was Montreal. Montreal was involved Montreal wanted Dubois that's that's what yeah, they
2: wanted absolutely and, and yeah. I suspect Calgary would would have we talked about Goudreau for Line a, but I think Calgary really wanted Dubois yeah.
1: yeah. But I think I could see Anaheim being a uh, someone who would want who, who would love to have Linea in like Linea with Zegras going forwards. You've got Zegras who can who's a, a, a playmaking wizard and Lion-A with the one shot scoring potential that could be dangerous. So I could I could definitely see them moving on. like after say after they know what 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 is ailing Lion-A, and he goes through the quarantine whatever that is. I still don't know because after the JT Miller whole deal, thinking that he the Canucks weren't gonna have him back until uh the, the home opener and they get him back up and he's still able to fly out to Calgary. I don't know what the NHL's got with uh everyone. Um so once Lion A's cleared, I could see them moving him to a to an American team. There was a trade that kind of fell through with
0: um Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, it sounded like it was a ProVac, Konechny, and more trade for Line A. And um, I thought that was uh, that was very interesting. Um, I, I read about that this morning. So uh, it, uh, I, I think that there could be another trade involved, but I, I think Columbus really wants to see how he fits in with the room, um, how he does with Tortorella. And if that doesn't work within the next, let's say, two months, then – Great for great he could be a deadline deal, for sure.
2: Um, let me, uh, yeah, I it's because I mean everybody's saying that Torts and Lining are not going to get along. Just it's it seems like from one hand, Yarmo uh, Car- Hikalinen is is in a was in a trap and had to get Dubois out of there. He got the best that he could. Um, I mean your center depth in Columbus right now. For those that are interested, Max Domi. Uh, is your number one center? Is he a number one center? I I would say no. Alex Texier, who I think is very talented, uh, but I I mean Riley Nash and Kevin Stenlund. Um, who? So yeah, exactly. Kevin Stenland is your are your four centers. Um, I mean, I guess you could. I mean, their wings Those are, are-
1: so in there now.
2: Yeah, that's true. Uh Ross. Okay, so you got And Ross-
1: he got a two year deal out of this uh trade as well. So, they he, signed okay, two- so
2: where do we slot Russell I'm gonna assume we put him number two.
1: He's a two three. Okay. Yep, two three.
2: Okay. We're gonna put Line A are we putting Line A on the number one line ahead of Cam Atkinson.
0: Atkinson, as of right now, I don't, I don't know where you're getting these uh these Daily Daily face-off. Okay. Because um, as of right now on daily face-off, I'm seeing Texier, Felino, Boone Jenner. And he would be better than Boone Jenner. So I could see him being on the on the right side there with uh, Texier. Because you know, Oliver Bjorkstrand, he's been uh, he's been a 20-25 goal scorer already. So I, I, I would assume that if uh, him and Domi have some sort of – and Foodie, um, they've they, they started off pretty well here. So I don't think you, you'd um, separate those two guys.
1: Yeah, I'm yeah, not, not sure where you're getting how, how yours is coming up different than both Kevin's and mine because I've the, the, the lines that I pull up on again daily face off is Felino, Domi, Atkinson, Jenner, Texier, Bjorkstrand, yeah. Robinson, not, uh, Nash, Foodie, McGregor, Anko, Stenland, Gerby. So <laughs> weird, I,
0: I, they, they must have just changed it because I had this up uh, last night. Yeah, so.
1: um, Bjorkstrand's the one like I think. The is one of the most underrated players in in the NHL. Um, speaking of players who got uh, Gordie Howe hat tricks, he's already got one this year. Um, I have him in my fantasy league. I know, <laughs> uh, but I think you you end up. Uh, I think you you have to move some one of them to the to their off wing uh, because your left wing and your top six is Foligno and Boone Jenner. Uh, based off with of daily face off and I think the line is an upgrade. You can you can you can slide one of Atkinson, Line a, or um Bjorkstrand to the left wing then you're a much stronger uh, team in the top six. I thought they didn't like having uh guys on their offsides. I you, you can, you can make it you can make it work, but it's it, when that's all you have it it, it leaves questions.
2: I'm just going to pull this up for all to see. These are the line combinations here as I scroll down. Good podcasting, Kevin. So, yeah, Domi, this is as of right now. Techshade, Jenner, Nash, Robinson, Foodie. I mean, it's Stenlin, Greg, Gregorenko, and Gerbe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you'll have to – yeah, you'll have to – I definitely agree with Sean that you're going to have to move some people around uh, – and, I mean, yeah, you'll, you'll get Roslevic in there as well. Um, so, it, yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, for the Jets, uh, so now you have a, okay, so you have a Shifley-Dubois top two center. I mean, I Sean at least was not sh- sold on Paul Staschny. I was, I'm like, I, he's okay. I was like, man, I'm Paul Staschny. Um, I wouldn't put him in a like. I wouldn't say that the Jets before this were in the top two of center positions, but certainly now with a Shifley Dubois combination, they have the potential to be up there. Do they not?
1: Yep, they they do. Um, I'd say that you could even, for at least this season, you could even play Dubois on the left wing and keep Stasny in there, um, just to because stat, it may, it may not be 2015 anymore but um he's still a decent player and and with with potential line mates of say you keep the top line together of Connor Shifley Wheeler you play you've got now you could potentially have a second line of Dubois Stasny Ehlers. like you it, Ehlers and, and and Dubois can 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 carry the the speed load on that on that line and and Stasny can doesn't need to be relied on for speed, so. But going forwards, they do, uh, shifting Dubois back to center should be the plan, and having Shifley Dubois up the middle is is very good. And um, when you look at the strong teams, they've got, um, they have players who are they've got really two, two really strong top two centers and uh, at least one. To two workhorses on the blue line, and they've got um, they've got one workhorse in Morrissey right now, and the rest of the rest of it is, uh, is of the blue lines a work in progress. But they've got the goaltending that can make up for it. So long term, I think this really this this helps the uh, the Jets um, fix a, a couple issues.
2: So yeah, as a couple of days, go ahead, Devin, Sorry.
1: Uh, Yeah, just uh, I
0: I think that it's actually going to be Shifley, uh, Dubois, Stasny down the middle and put Lowry on um, uh, on the wing with Stasny. Or you could have uh, Jensen Harkins there, too. But I I think having that uh, center depth uh, throughout the lineup, you know, it really helps um, matchups and it helps um, get that uh, tertiary scoring. Um, making that third line more of a threat than what they have been lately. So, uh, But I definitely could see Dubois being on the wing with Stastny, but I think uh, they, they should spread that out a bit more because then that puts Adam Lowry either on, on the wing um, on the third line or pushes him down to the third line with Trevor Lewis Um And then you have uh, uh, Veselainen um, uh, on the bench there or put him up Uh, a bit higher uh, with Mason Appleton off, but that's kind of like, that's where I'm seeing it. Um, But yeah, I I could definitely see Stastny and uh, Dubois kind of a uh, interchangeable.
2: Um, Yeah. An underrated, by the way, an underrated signing, I think that under the radar signing, I'm not saying like top six, but a good guy that you can put in a plug in a lot of different positions was a Trevor Lewis. I mean, not as effective as he was before, but a good veteran stick there that you can put in a number of different, a number of different positions. So, um, so I guess let's, let's look at this from the Northern perspective uh, here. Actually let's start there. So we have the poll question on podcast hockey that you can go and vote on here. We'll go find that. Uh, But basically the poll is who won the deal in your mind, Columbus, Winnipeg
1: or wait and see. I I've got I've got um, Winnipeg winning it just because they D- Dubois is a center. Um, I value centers uh, as I ex- as I talked earlier about how when you look at the t- the top teams and the the consistently top teams and the ones who won the cups, they're very strong down the middle. Uh, you can't win without that in, in the NHL. So I think having bringing that strength down the middle uh, makes this a win for the for the jets as of right now i think the jets do win this but i i they still
0: wait and see to see what Rossovic does for columbus and depending on whether or not line gets moved again um that that's that's to to see exactly how that looks as well so um yeah at first yeah i think i think uh, the jets do win it but yeah overall need to wait and see
2: Uh the the crowd does not agree. They have the blue jackets winning this so far. Jets at 32, uh Wait and see. Maybe let's quickly just t- touch on it because there is potential there. I I just don't I mean it's gonna to me that's what happens there is going to be that'll be the story because I think he's he's so different. But it, I
1: don't he had a down year last year. And, but, but the season before, it was, he was trending upwards with the potential for a top six, uh, uh, forward to come out of that. And if he can be a top, if he can be like, if he can be a skin line, uh, center for Columbus, then, and, and line A continues to be a 25 plus goal scoring forward, then they're going to be very good. That, that it's going to be win for them as well. Um, but I, need to see that from out of um, out of Ross first. I think it's still very much up in the air if he can be that. I think he still can be a very good third line center. but if you're getting you're giving up a third line you're giving up a first line center and you're getting back a a, a scoring winger in the third line center, I think I, I take the first line center uh, caliber center uh, all the all the time. Yeah,
0: I see him as a uh, second or third line center. Um, Even if he doesn't be a center, he's a good right winger as well, so um, he can play the wing. I I do agree, though. I think that uh, they, yeah, I definitely take a first line center over a scoring winger and a depth center all day, but at the same time, it's yeah, it's really hard to say. That's why I think it's such a good trade is because it, it's not a clear cut win or lose um in my mind. So I think Yarma Kekalan did a great job trying to find the best fit and you know who I, I'm very excited to see both players or I guess all three players um and how they do in their new surroundings. And let alone don't don't forget about don't forget about that third round pick going uh the other way to Winnipeg as well
2: you're getting really solid now there for the North specifically, does this change the power rankings? Do you have Winnipeg higher or lower? Um, I, I was the one that put them in second, So, um, maybe I'll, i I, 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 um, I think it's going to all depend on how this team reacts to, uh, liney leaving. Um, for one part, I think, um, Nikolai Ehlers was really close friends with him. He just did a zoom interview where he was asked a couple of questions and he was pretty, he, he was pretty curt. Um, he was, it was valid. Kurt, he was asked about kind of a conversations, any conversations that line a had about leaving. It was basically like, it's none of your business media. So I, he, I don't think he was offside in what he did, but he was, he was very curt and very emotional today. Uh, and I also think the other issue and the other challenge in this, and we haven't touched on this, but uh, Dubois, both Dubois and both Djuba and A have a 14-day quarantine to go through, or we need to figure out what the heck this is. But our understanding is, is Djuba is not starting right away. This is this. If I have this right, he's not available until mid-February.
0: That that is right for sure. I I. I it's going to be a loss for sure for Winnipeg, but they've had they've they've had him not in the lineup for the majority of their games, and they've still got three wins out of it. So I don't think it's that big of a loss um, in, in the short term for uh, Winnipeg. So I, I he will be beneficial um, for them for the push for the playoffs, one hundred percent. And I could definitely see. I could see him making a massive, massive difference on that lineup. And he will, it's just once again, getting used to the city, getting used to his line mates, uh, having that chemistry, figuring out what Paul Maurice is going to be uh, doing with his, uh, with his group. But once again, he, I mean, he'll have tons of homework to do once he gets to that hotel room. Um, you know, that Paul Maurice is going to give him um, a bunch of notes and a bunch of uh, uh, just advice you know, uh, talk with him every day, figure out what he wants uh, out of uh, Winnipeg and how he can be the best player that he can be. So um, I, as far as rankings go, I think it does make a difference, but we won't see it until March. Um, give, give him two weeks to figure out his uh, his limites and his teammates, and then at that point you can kind of uh, make a better judgment from there.
1: Yeah, he's going to – went just went through the schedule – and it's nine games, seven to nine, seven or nine games that uh, 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 the the Jets will be without uh, Dubois if it's that if it's a fourteen day quarantine, like everyone I, everyone thinks it is, um, and a lot can change. Say they go some, they go into a slump and they win two out of those games, like it's they're they're going to be in a big hole potentially. When he comes in, but if they can, they can, uh, if they can stay at least five hundred during that. If if, at the very worst, then it becomes what? How much? How much? How much can Dubois add this season uh, for this for the stretch run? Like Devin said, Uh, how much is he going to lose from just being in a uh, being in quarantine for fourteen days? Uh, and all that. Um, it's, I think it's, they've got, it's, they've got the potential to move back up, uh, a spot or two in the power rankings for sure with this trade. If, if Dubois comes in motivated, uh, he doesn't, he hasn't lost too much conditioning. Um, through all this, I I think it can help. Uh, One thing is he's moving uh, with with this move to Winnipeg is his dad is an assistant coach with the Manitoba Moose. So his family's in Winnipeg and based out of Winnipeg. So there's going to be a support structure there for him. And I think that's something that shouldn't be underrated. Uh, That was a great, uh, great, uh, great, Reminder uh, from from John Shannon who tweeted it out that uh, there there is some there is something there that can keep him grounded, keep him motive like keep, give him the support structure he needs to to get through a this quarantine and b moving cities and c get climbing out from underneath the uh, uh, this dark cloud that has been put over over top of him.
2: Yeah let me uh, just find that John Shannon tweet. I now, got it. Okay. Um. There you go. There we go. Uh. Yeah. So it, it it will certainly be interesting. Uh. It's it. This makes this North. May my gosh. I mean, like okay. Let's like the Ottawa Winnipeg game at at ten o'clock Eastern nine o'clock local. Uh, the late game on Hockey Night in Canada. I mean, I was like before this, like, oh, uh, I don't know if I'm super interested, but now I'm kind of interested. And not only that, it's like now, like, although we weren't paying attention too much to the Winnipeg Jets, I mean, they were kind of in like a rival, but now they are a bigger rival. This just, this just makes it this North Division just this season so fascinating again.
1: I'm starting to think that we're gonna see a lot of swings in these in the, these divisional standings throughout this season because if uh because you, you can lose two three games in a row and guess what they're two division rivals yeah that's the big thing right now is every time you lose it's a division rival it's not it's you're just not losing two points you're losing four you're losing as many like if it's a, in regulation you're losing. Four points in the standings to this te- to to a team, yeah. And I- it's that adding that up like throughout the year. If if say Vancouver somehow climbs out of this just disgusting hole that they're in, and they can find a way to win three four in a row, guess what? Whoever they played, they've now based they've they've now either completely closed the gap. Or they've passed them in the standings. That's what this 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 uh, uh, schedule and everything's gonna gonna create.
2: I tweeted this last night with the Edmonton Toronto game. I said, "Good thing for the Canucks, It was a good thing for the Canucks that that did not turn out to be a three point game because they would have been further behind both the Oilers and the Flames. Uh, that was actually a benefit for both the Canucks and the Flames because if the Oilers would have won, they would have been in fourth. Now, Tor- okay, yes, Toronto gained two points. But the Oilers didn't, so the Canucks don't, if they win, they can jump it tonight into fourth, which leads us to, we'll quickly touch on this, uh, talk about Tyler Myers. I have the hit here. We can have a look at it for all to see together before we discuss what should have happened. Here it is. I'm just going to rewind this a little bit, and I'm going to make it. Here it is. This was late in the game. It was seven to three at that point. Uh, Tyler got five and basically a five and a game. Uh, Claude Julian was not happy. Uh, he basically said, if you're not gonna do anything about it, the team will, which creates a fascinating game tonight at four o'clock. Just stop. It's it is weird to have Montreal, Vancouver at four, and Ottawa and Winnipeg at seven. Right? That's that is a little weird.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, let, let's look at. Yeah, it's four o'clock Vancouver time when this, that starts. So that's uh, seven o'clock Montreal time. If I did my math properly, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, poor Ottawa fans in Ottawa and around that surrounding area. They have to watch. They have to start watching their hockey game at ten o'clock Eastern. Yep. So, like, just time? It's, it's, hmm? it's nine
2: o'clock in Winnipeg with this. And then
1: it's nine o'clock in Winnipeg. Like it's just like I understand why they did it because uh, Vancouver uh, Montreal would be is the bigger draw. You want that in prime time, but you've got multiple channels. Like the people who are going to want to watch that are going to. You could have found another. Like Calgary hasn't played since Monday,
2: and, and Calgary and Toronto are playing during the AFC champion, the NFC championship game when Brady and like you. I mean, you can't plan this, but Brady and Rogers. Like, why is Toronto and Calgary playing on a Sunday afternoon on a, on a hockey night in Canada?
0: It's bullshit, is what it is, Kev.
2: It's Be complete
0: dumb. It's so stupid. It is so stupid. Um, okay. Okay. Well, hold on. Getting back to the the Myers
2: hit. Suspension. I, we, okay. <laughs> we went rabbit trailed over here.
0: Yes. Um, do I think that the hit was dirty? It was borderline dirty. Uh, it was uh, it was a player that was not expecting to be hit. Um, it was a bit of a blind side. Um, his head was down, and Myers is a big dude. Uh, Joel, uh, Noel Armia is a big dude, too. But I think... I I'd say it's 51%. Um they did they did it right. I think that uh, it shouldn't be suspended because of where he hit him. It was very 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 close to the head, but it wasn't. It was to his core and he's a big dude. Um so I think the NHL got it right and I think um uh I think yeah, I I'm I'm happy to hear that Claude Julien's group is going to do something about it. It just, it just brings out the old school hockey and it's, it's fucking awesome. I love it. I, 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 I mean, obviously don't want to see um, a player get hurt um, and hopefully he's okay. I'm sure he is. Uh, but yeah, it. Uh, I think overall the NHL made the right
1: move. Based off of what they have done in, already this season, uh, they've suspended, uh, I think they suspended a St. Louis player, Sammy Blay. They, they suspended Sammy Blay, uh, for, I think two games or one game for a, a check to the head. And then there was a couple others that weren't, um, the, the what separated the Sammy Blay hit from everyone else, including the Myers hit is he got all head and the way that NHL looks at these hits and you can debate whether that's right or wrong. Uh, we had we had gotten to this bit, uh, this debate during the world juniors on on what should be a suspendable headshot hit and and how you should handle it with with penalties and all that um this this would have been this would have gotten Myers at least uh at least a game in, in the double IHF if this was a uh, in, under those rules he would have gotten at least one game for this for sure um but because the NHL doesn't view it the same the I double H. Double IHF does, and they th- to get suspended for it. You have to hit like you can't, you can't. If you hit through the body, and Myers did, yes, he got a lot of head in this hit, but he hit through the body. That's what saved him from a, a suspension. Um, there was two things that well, I was I thought he was going to get suspended because of one, how late in the game it happened. Because a lot of the times, if it, if a, if a hit happens early in the game, they basically consider that your suspension. You've you've been suspended for one game because you got kicked out of a, a game in the fir- first half of the first period. But because there was less than five minutes to go in this per- in, in this game, I thought he would get he would get an extra one. And two, they called it a, a hit to the head. And I went through the rule book on this one, and there is actually no major. For a hit to the head, for in NHL, there is a two-minute minor, and then there's a match penalty. Those are your two levels. So he basically got dinged with a match penalty on that. Now I could have been looking at the wrong rules, but from what I saw, that those are the, your two levels that the the refs have to deal with. And usually, when you get when you get dinged with a match penalty, that's an automatic one game suspension. So. Um, but I, I believe what they said in the uh, in the release after they said that he wasn't getting suspended is that he didn't that that was the wrong call uh, as per them he did not violate the hit to the head rule and again I know there's a lot of people out there who are going to say that that's just flat out wrong and you shouldn't be like that should be a penalty and a suspended play and. I'm always so torn when it comes to these 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 discussions and these hits because if you hit through the body and you just you happen to hit the head I to me that feels like it's just part of the game and something that you just you know that's part that's a, a risk you're put you're putting yourself into while playing the game but there's also the it's the head it's different than anything other else, everything else in the uh, all these other injuries because it can really superly affect affects your, 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 uh, level of, of, um, being able to live, live your life outside of the game. So. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I'm torn because the, the, the emotional part of me says I don't think that should be, I don't even think like the emotional part of me thinks that that shouldn't even be a penalty. I think that's a clean hit. Like, yes, it was predatory, but this is hockey. But that's because I grew up watching Rock 'em Sock 'em in the 90s. I grew up playing that way. Like, I, I may only be five foot six, but when I was 18, I was five foot six, 160, 70 pounds. And I was just, I was playing like I was six foot seven. That's how I played. So I have a soft spot for that. But I also rationally understand the, the reasons why you have to take, get these hits out of the game. And and get hits that are high and head and head contact out of the game as much as possible. Before kept before you jump in, I think it was also the angle. Like say say for instance, if he came
0: in straight and he hit him right in the chest, I think that's no penalty, nothing. But I think it was the angle that he uh, that Myers came at that was the big difference there.
2: For me, what bothered me. Um, I have a hit that we'll talk about that I'm going to see just a second. But this is what bothered me about the Meyers hit. Uh, this was after he – I think he took four penalties that game. I've, if, correct me if I'm wrong. It was four? I'll still double was, check right now. It was a lot. He, he – penalty after penalty, I mean – I, I mean, that's a whole other, maybe we'll get, we'll dig into that more tomorrow. What, what the heck is going on there with Myers? Because that wasn't the first time he's taken multiple penalties. Um, I just, I guess it was, I don't know what he was. I'm not saying Myers was a dirty pl- player, but I don't know if I liked the hit at that point in the game. I just don't know what he was trying to.
1: He was frustrated. It was yeah. you wanna, he wa- like you're playing again on tonight. Like that was a that was on Thursday. You're playing again in two days. You want to make sure that they know that you're gonna be physical. That's what happens when you have these mini series. You're gonna start playing and make making decisions at the end of the game if the game's out of reach that you would in a in a playoff series. Welcome to the new schedule.
0: Yeah. As Evan yeah. said.
1: I, I just like Devin said, and I agree with him. I love it. I love the added heat. This is—we knew this was going to happen. We knew that, the, that there was going to be a a borderline play or something that would piss off the other team, and then the next game in these th- two to three uh, game series, four, some sometimes four, it's going to be fun. It's going to add that heat. This is what's gonna like. We're gonna get a little bored with with whatever happens with all this, and then something like this is gonna happen, and everyone's gonna watch that game.
2: Yeah. Wait. Wait till Wait till Cassian does something stupid to catch up. <laughs> we'll all watch again for sure. But I do have
1: yeah, That being said, like that's the other thing about to, sorry to, to sidetrack on this. That's one of the reasons why I want to watch Winnipeg, Ottawa. Brady was uh, running Brady, around.
2: Brady was running. Brady was all over the place. Mm-hmm. Brady was yakking. Yeah, for sure. Um,
0: definitely definitely would love to see a Lowry Kachuk fight. That'd be amazing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I I have a hit that did not get suspended, and I want to know what you thought of it. I'm gonna play it here. That's this one. This was Brendan Gallagher on Darnell Nurse. Could that have been a suspension? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yes. It yeah. Was, uh... so, that's that's the problem, is I guess if you're not suspending the Gallagher hit,
1: it's from manager's perspective, how are you? Can you suspend the Myers hit? Well, and they're if- two separate infractions, though. That's that's how I I, I don't think you can compare the two because Gallagher, Gallagher- was, that was that was a charge and a hit from behind and boarding. You could call three different penalties on that. Yeah, um, it's that's a dangerous play because all it takes is Nurse to catch a a slight edge, and he's going head first into those boards concussion issues, neck issues. That's why that we had the stop signs on all the, all the, all the, all the jerseys. That's why you have the hit from behind. That's what, and, and, and penalties like that. So to, they're two, they're two separate, like their player safety issues, but they're two separate infractions. And they're, I think the Gallagher one is definitely a suspension. Well, the Myers one based off of what they're, how, how they've called others is not, but I, I completely understand why people are calling bloody murder on this, saying that that should be a suspension.
0: The difference between those two as well is the fact that Gallagher is a smaller player than Nurse. If it was the other way around, then say if it was Nurse hitting Gallagher uh, from that far away, coming in with that speed. And let's say, let's say he even jumps, even though Nurse wouldn't jump, that would be a penalty for sure of boarding, checking from behind or charging, I guess. Yeah. Depending on how many steps he took right before he uh, uh, hit the guy. Right.
2: Yeah, I, I yeah, I just it's I mean there is some consistency there. I would I I would vote for a suspension, but I think I I I see both sides of this. Um I think from a connects perspective they got a break. They probably needed a break. Um they probably would have had to have either called Sean or Devin to play defense tonight. They are running out of them. Um there's Chatfield's out, Edler's out, Hamnick's out, Meyer um. So, uh, so I guess in a sense they gave a break, but it, that that is going to be absolutely fascinating, and we'll delve into that game a little bit more tomorrow. We've got a couple of comments here, uh, Jeremy. Hello, Jeremy. Uh, I have to watch games ele- at eleven in Labrador when they're the late game. <sighs> oh, gross. So, other than tonight, so uh, fair there. And a question. Where is Tyler? Tyler will be on tomorrow.
1: I'm loving all the nicknames we get. We get to, to learn about Tyler now. Why is he Chernobyl? I, I think that's a great nickname.
2: What names <laughs> does Tyler
1: have? God, I'm, I'm, assu- I'm assuming this is when Tyler gets angry. Oh. <laughs> never, never have I ever seen
0: him not. Cool, calm, and collective Tyler. Like the, the reffing Tyler being like, Nope, you're wrong. God, i I hate to see him pissed off. Obviously, if his if his nickname's Chernobyl, <laughs> it says a lot.
2: Um yeah. Uh, yeah, anything else we need to chat about here?
1: Uh like I said, I'm looking forward to tonight. It's gonna be entertaining no matter what what happens. Hope the Canucks can find a way to f- just figure this shit out and actually show up for a sixty-minute effort. They have they, done it uh, two of the last three games. They've played well in the first period, come out with a one-nothing lead, and then absolutely shit the bed for the final forty. And they cannot do that. Like just that it, it that's pathetic and un- unacceptable. And he, Travis Green knows that, and I, I, I hope he reads, he figures out how to get them to uh, pay attention to the details, uh, make smart plays. Don't try to force a play when you, you're, uh, uh, don't ha- fully have the control of the puck, and just get play, play, just play torch style hockey tonight. let get pucks in deep, grind them out. You've got a line that can do that with Pearson, Horvat, and Hoglander. Uh, everyone, watch Hoglander, please watch him. He is a player. He is his motor. Like he's got, he's got, he's got a lot of Brendan Gallagher in him in terms of he just, he's in there. He's in everything. And he comes out with a puck. Like, it's just, it's really, really fun to watch. Um So when he gets a little bit stronger, a little more experience. So in a year or two, the Canucks are going to have, one hell of a forechecking hound that's going to be able to go in, get the puck and get it to whoever, whoever the, uh, the other skilled players on the line are with him. Yeah, Yeah,
0: definitely looking forward to that one. But um, I'm also curious on how Winnipeg plays, uh, knowing that line is not going to be back in the lineup. I like I've, uh, I remember a couple times where there's been trades like that and Man, the the team that lost that player that wanted out played their heart out um, the the night after. So that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. Along with um, how <laughs> how the Jets handle Kachuk, you know, you have you have Trevor Lewis on there. You have Adam Lowry, and I think Lowry and Kachuk is a good uh, is a good tilt to look for. Um, but yeah, those those are the things that I'm looking forward to tonight for sure.
2: Um, by the way, we might see Holberg tonight. This this I'm I'm not saying this, but I think within the next four games and I bring this up because we had those Sens hour podcast on for our season north season preview. And they were talking pretty highly about this. This kid. This might be the night we see him uh, or we're going to see him in Vancouver for three of the next four. So uh, that's that's I'm also trying to just a little small story. Curious about that. But let's leave it there. Uh, How do we follow everyone? I am beardyconnect 3 on Twitter. And Gordhouse09 on Twitter. Uh Hyde is Hyde Amazballs, Schneid's S C H N E I D Z Chernobyl, Mittens, Noble Nation, Tyler, the Man of All Names is T Noble on Twitter. I am KVOLE, podcast underscore hockey, facebook.com, youtube.com. Subscribe. We will be back tomorrow, 11 o'clock Pacific, 12 o'clock Mountain, to uh, do our regular pod, which is we will look at the Canadians versus the Canucks, what happened tonight. We will preview the Leafs versus the Flames. Um, We'll kind of get a sense where Devin is, how Devin's going to cheer in this game. Uh, And much, much more, and we'll talk about how feasible is it to have five days off when everyone else is playing, how the Flames are going to look. We will talk to you all very soon. Bye for now.
0: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste, because you know, the bigger the fight